Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman. And me, Robert Karpolis of WWE Creative-ish. And I'm not the one that screwed up the intro today. Nick is. Well, so totally, this totally is a big day up, for me. You totally screwed up if you watched it in video form. If you watched it in audio form, it went across totally fine. But yes. Yes. But I want to make sure those listening in audio form know this was Nick's screw up and not mine. Great. And we're it's embarrassing because we have a big guest today and we want we, to pull out the red carpet. Which we do have we have a literal red carpet here today because we're going to be talking about the Iron Claw with Shavo Guerrero here in just one moment. Before we get to Shavo, of course, we got to let everybody know shows brought to you by Ad Free Shows, Podcast Heat. We got a lot to get to on the other side after Shavo, who's given us about 15 minutes of his time. You can ask him questions in the comments section. We'll try to bring some questions up here, but we will get to Raw. We will get to Seth Rollins' contract, all of that here on the show today. But, hey, let's not waste any more time, everybody. He's here. He's waiting. He's in the green room. Chavo Guerrero, everybody. Chavo. What's going on, guys? What's going on? And, and Robert, I love the WWE creative-ish. <laughs> That's good. Thank you so much. Uh, it's good to have Chavo here. For some reason, Nick's been calling you Chavo. And I get it all the time. He, it's, it's, it's just depends if some people are Chavo, some people are Chavo. I, I, I answer to both. <laughs> He's got to listen to the old uh, the old ring entrance. We need uh, Liz Pena back to do the ooh chavo. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Big Liz, she's my she's my girl. Well, this is a bit of a reunion here because Robert has told us he was around during your Kerwin White period in WWE, and I don't know if you want to like blame him for that, thank him for that. I don't really know how you that, how you want that, that was a hundred percent of Vince, a fake <laughs> and blame. <laughs> that's a hundred percent of Vince. <laughs> Um, well, we're not here to talk about Kerwin White. We're here to talk about the Iron Claw. I had the chance to see this movie in Chicago uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, it's very well done. I've been telling a lot of people that if you really liked The Wrestler, you're probably going to love this. It's like very much in the same tone and style. It's a way to bring this great wrestling story to people who may not be pro wrestling fans. But you, Chavo... You kicked this movie, and I can talk openly about it now. The embargo is lifted here, so we're not going to spoil the film, right? But I'm going to talk more openly about it. You kicked this movie off. You're fighting Zac Efron. You get more screen time, spoiler alert, than MJF in this film. Um, kind of bring us into how you kind of got involved in this movie, Chavo, and a little bit about the history, I guess, of the Guerreros and the Von Erics, because I know this movie meant more to you than a lot of other projects that you've taken on in recent years. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll let you guys talk and give any spoilers and, and, and I won't until it actually until it actually is out in theaters. But um, yeah, you know what? It, it, it was really, really a cool um, experience to be able to be a part of this film and not only a part, you know, kind of a big part with um, Sean Durkin, the director who director, writer, producer, everything. But he, um, you know, uh, approached me um, through a mutual friend, actually. Um, his production company was trying to get a hold of me. And, you know, in, in Hollywood, there's, you get a lot of BS emails of people trying to, you know, hey, I got this project, I got this, you know, and it's like one in 20 or actually for real. So I had somebody reach out and um, I, I was going to call back or whatever, but then Allison Brie, you know, my glow co uh, star and, you know, famous, famous actress, she texted me. And was like, hey, Chavo, there's this director named Sean. He's an excellent director. He really helped out her husband, Dave Franco, really helped out Davey, she calls him, uh, on his directorial debut. 
And uh, I think you should talk to this guy. So I said, oh, absolutely. Then then 100%. So made made the point to give him a call. And uh, we met. And uh, he told me his vision for the you know, film. And it, it wasn't just some guy thinking, well, I want to do a wrestling film. No, he was a wrestling fan and was really enthralled with the Von Erich family and the story even way before any tragedy uh so i mean right from that first meeting i was like all right let's 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 make this let's do this <laughs> and that's how it came out yeah man um well you like i said you're wrestling zach efron in the in the beginning first of all you're in la right now were you at the la red carpet premiere last night with everybody i or? am I, yes i'm still actually in the hotel room right now we're at the uh at the really nice hotel in, in hollywood uh but i was at the la premiere last night yes man so that was a that's getting a lot of attention here today chavo what, what was that like Did you get a chance to spend some time with with max and john cena and everybody it was. It was really great seeing all my old wrestling fam. You know, I just posted something on my Instagram uh, with, you know, a picture of me and John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, you know, all of his names. I call him Johnny Name Change. So John, uh, Taya, Max, MJF, uh, Kevin Von Erich, you know, it's a really cool little picture. But of course, I, I got to see Cena and we, you know, we text periodically, but I hadn't seen him kind of in, in, in a while. So it was really cool to actually give him a big hug and, you know, just kind of say hey you know and just really proud of him and all the stuff that he's doing and met his lovely wife it was really really cool man i'm i'm as fascinated as anybody to figure out what him and max were talking about because there's like video that van vliet put out and you can see they're talking you can't really make out what they're talking but man to to, to hear what, mm -hmm. what's going on between those two guys right now really interesting time and place to be you know where well, you're at i was um when they were i had finished already finished the red carpet already by the time they were kind of going on it and um I was talking to my wife and I said, Hey, you see that right over there? And my wife's not a wrestling fan, you know, that's just kind of my job. And, you know, we've been around a whole long, she's been, we've been together even way before I was even a pro wrestler. So, um, which seems, <laughs> says a lot, but, uh, um, I go, I go see those two over there. She goes, yeah, she, of course she knows John Cena. And she goes, um, yeah, John. And she goes, and is that Michael Max? Yeah. And she, I go, that's very big in the wrestling world. And she's, oh, really? I go, yeah, Max is like the next big thing. And she's like, oh, really, really? How, how is he good? I said, just, just put a mic in that guy's hands and he's gold. And you put John against Tim, but Mike's, it just, that's, 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 that's money, money talking right there. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, and, you know, for you, you know, you were an executive producer in this film. And Max was also an executive producer on this film. Mm -hmm. What exactly does that entail? Like, it's a very cool title, but like, what, what what exactly comes along with the title of executive producer? So producers and executive producers, um, there's kind of two ways to go about it. You can be, let's say you're a producer on a film or a project. A lot of times, sometimes, sometimes it's just you introduce two people that kind of got the, the ball rolling and they made you a producer. Or sometimes you're doing everything, which my, that is what I do. Whenever I get a producer credit or a, you know, supervised producer or an executive producer, it's one of those that you are um, involved in many, many aspects of the film. And that's, that's basically what I do. Um, I don't know what Max did, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I congratulated him. I go, hey, man, congrats on the EP. But um, uh, I, I don't I, I didn't get into it with him because it's really none of my business. I mean, I, I don't know. He, I know that he he had a lot more scenes in the film. And I know it's already been people talking about it already. But, you know, I mean, I had more scenes in the film as well. And they were they were mixed out. But I, you know, that's just that's how it goes. You know, uh, a 
uh, talking to Sean, the director, you know, sometimes you find the film in the edit process. So there's mm-hmm. sometimes that with your writing and what's, what's your filming, but when you start editing, sometimes you find that, that you find the film that you really want. And I think that's what happened here. Um, I saw the first edits um, with me, Sean, the director, and the, and the, the um, editor. So that edit was a little different than what we're seeing now. And it's actually, this one, I think is better, definitely. They, you know, you cut out certain things that aren't pivotable, pivotal, pivotable, pivotable, pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> pivotal to um, the story where sometimes it's just fluff. You know, there's a lot of times you see a movie and you're like, hey, that was a great movie, but it could have been 30 minutes shorter or it could have been, you know, uh, they didn't explain this part. So I think this edit really kind of did that. Yeah. Was there anything you wanted that to be included that you feel was was left out? Or, or yeah, no? Yeah, my scenes. <laughs> okay, got it. Wonderful. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you know what? Not really. Um, you know, um, the way Sean wanted Sean wanted to shoot the film and also edit the film. A lot of times, you know, we'll do if I'm working on a project, we'll we'll do you know a, a thirty second wrestling scene and, and you know three or four different of those clips. That way, the director can get what he wants in and out. But Sean didn't want that. Sean wanted like a he wanted a match. He wanted like a like a ten minute match, and then he'd pick and choose the pieces that he wanted out of that match, and that's what we did with really all of the matches you see on um, in, in the in the movie. You know the, the stuff that me and Zach shot was. I mean, it was like a 10, 12 minute match that we shot probably fifteen different times. Man, yeah, in the with with filming. You know, in the, we had we we shot the film on thirty five millimeters, so it's a different it's a different way to different look. It's a different feel. Um, and that camera is a different camera. So when he's in the ring, it's not a handheld camera. It's not a steady cam. It's 35 millimeters different. So when, when the, the uh, DP, the director of photography was in the ring shooting with us, there was three people behind him. So, I mean, they're holding the, the camera, they're holding the, uh, you know, the cords and it, that's not every camera does that, but the 35 millimeter, you have to do that. And uh, so I'm in the ring wrestling with Zach and, you know, we got to really watch out because there's all these people behind us in a sense. Yeah, for sure. How, I have a, uh, go ahead, Robert. That's fine. I, that's, that's what I wanted to ask about. I was letting Nick get his, uh, his formal stuff out of the way, but when you're working with, with Zach Efron, you're working with these guys and you're taking actors and you're trying to get them acclimated into the ring. What does that process look like? Are you, are you showing them footage? Are you talking them through things? You know, what did, what did it take to lay out a, basically a 10 minute match, which is no easy feat, even when you're trained? Um, well, yes to all of those things. Yes to all of those things. Um, it's uh, a lot of uh, some talking in the background here. Is that you guys? Is that me? <laughs> Some feedback or something here. Yeah, feedback maybe. Uh, so anyways, it's a lot of things. It's um, showing footage. It's working on, on different moves. It's, it's uh, you know, showing footwork. It's, it's got so many different things that I, I have to teach an actor. But what I do on film, it's it doesn't translate into the wrestling world. But then again, what we do in the wrestling world doesn't translate to film either. So it's very much its own uh, entity. It's like its own 
thing here. So if you can, if you're a pro wrestler, doesn't mean you can act in a pro wrestling movie. And the same thing, if you're acting in a pro wrestling movie, doesn't mean you can be a pro wrestler. Yeah, for sure, man. And you've trained so many Hollywood actors at this point. I feel like you should get them all together and do like a battle royal or something. You know, maybe just as like a fight exclusive we, or something, you could get the cast. Well, if, Glow. If you young, young Rock, Young Rock, we did a big battle royal the first season. And that was not one re- not one real wrestler in there. It was only um, uh, all actors doing a battle royal, which is you know, probably like a four or five minute battle royal that we shot every time. That was stressful because I had you know <laughs> twenty people in there that don't know how to wrestle. So I was like, guys, I need you here. I need you here. I mean, it was like Jenga's putting all these pieces together. I'm like, how is the, you know, the DP going to shoot this? How's the director want to film this? Where's the camera's going to be? So it was all these different things. Like, I was like, um, I call it like uh, wrestling Rain Man. I'm like, okay, the hypotenuse of the right triangle is the square breathers. I'm like, all this different stuff going on, and uh, and I'm like telling these guys, okay do not improvise. I cannot have you, you do exactly what I say. When I say you take two steps, you take two steps. I don't need three steps. And they're like, like, oh, why? And I said, this is why you get hurt. There's people going here. There's so much stuff going on. And as soon as we shot it once, they're just, oh, I get it. I understand. But the first shot, they're like, oh my God, there's so much stuff going on. I'm saying, yes. When I say two steps, I mean two steps. Do not throw an extra punch. Do not grab the guy. Don't do any of that stuff. And they're like, okay, okay, we get it. All right, Shaba, we only have like two more minutes with you here. Uh, We have got some questions coming in here with Matthew Rodriguez asking about it. Uh, Punk is back, right? How to get your take. You you spent time in AEW, right? You know the lay of the land. Um, what's your thought about Punk being back right now, and and what do you think of kind of the state of what of the two companies, both both WWE and AEW at the moment? You know, um, WWE is very very good at putting differences aside and making those dollars. And if you look at the response that Punk got coming back, and remember we're saying should he go back, should he not go back? You know, remember going to have an opinion on it, but when it comes down to you know the dollar sign. I mean, it was a it was a pretty good decision. Whether it plays out, whether it pans out, you know, we'll want we'll to see in the future. Um, but it's you know when he first went to AEW, what a great acquisition it was for them. Did it last? No. Did it kind of flounder? Okay, yeah, sure. But then him going to WWE is like like wow. I mean, and the reaction from. Seth Rollins and all the guys in the ring. I mean, it was like, oh, is that a work? Is that a shoot? What's going on? I mean, it's you can't. He was they're working all of us. It was awesome. So, um, I was I was a big fan. Everybody's like, oh my god, I can't believe he came back. So, I definitely can see it for sure. I mean, that that's been their mo forever. You know, you got Hogan leaving the company and coming back. You know, Mach never went back, but NWO, you know, leaving and really Vince was almost put out of business by WCW almost and then to see him triumph and come back and change his product and pivot and let you know that they're even bigger than they've ever been you know so they're very very good at like I said putting the uh differences aside and just making the money yeah for sure I think that was the yeah yeah you know that was the biggest takeaway I saw was I feel like they would not have introduced Punk back into the WWE locker room unless they knew all sides were going to work together and this was going to be harmonious. And I think they understand this is a business and, and we do all want to be as successful as we can. It's a business, but also 
you know, Vince, and I, and I don't know how involved he is anymore because he was when I was there, he was always the most involved, per- most involved person. Um, yeah. I can't see him not being involved and not being still having his fingers and everything. But he really does like someone kind of being um, an a hole <laughs> back there. If you look at old Shawn Michaels stuff, you know, I mean, it was almost like he was given the keys to the kingdom because of his attitude. Um, uh, his work, of course, don't get me wrong, but his attitude as well went along with it. And, you know, I, I've talked to many different, you know, champions. Um, I won't name them, but they're like, hey, you know, Vince used to tell me, why are you being so nice? I'm, I'm giving you the okay to be a jerk and be a total a-hole to people. And those guys were like, that's not who I am. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be an a-hole just to be an a-hole. So, um, you know, <laughs> Punk can be an a-hole. But to me, not. I get along with him awesome. Phil's great. I've never had an issue with him. I, I worked with him, you know, for three straight months doing the ECW stuff. Um, longer, probably half a year, and we never once had one issue in the ring. Never once, not even like a a riff. We always got along so well. So he's a very misunderstood guy. But you know, punk can be punk. It can be difficult. So um, I think that only lasts so long in WWE. When you know, I don't. I think he's probably he's probably on his best behavior right now. All right, I know we're at time. Oh, I can say confident. Oh. So okay. we're stepping no, 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 we're good. Okay, okay, I'm just going to say this real quick. Cause this is important for me to at least get it out there. Cause you're okay. saying about punk and those guys, you're someone that in my time working there, I always pointed to Chava was a guy that was a consummate professional. You were fantastic working on pre-tapes. We flew you into Stanford and used you for stuff. You were a guy that we knew we could lean on no matter what we gave. And that had a tremendous value. So yes, there are guys that are out there that are a-holes, but your longevity in part and phenomenal in the ring, consummate professional, fantastic guy to work with. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Maybe I should have been a little bit more a-hole. I would have gotten a little further. <laughs> no, see, the fact you're not an a-hole is why you've been able to transcend and go into Hollywood and have very productive relationships and make these great deals happen. I will say, I still see a spot for you back in the fold, working with Dom, working with the LWO. Do you do you get the itch? Do you think we ever get to see you back in the WWE fold here in the not-too-distant future? You know, I get that a lot. And actually, lately, I've been getting that every time I'm talking about wrestling or any interview I'm doing. People are like, why why are you not doing stuff with them? Why are you not back there? And really, it's just, um, you know, really, ask Triple H. <laughs> Let's talk. Cool. I'll be at the Rumble. I'll be in the press conference. I might bring it up. So. There you go. Yeah, I love it. You know, you brought that up to Tony that one time, and that was really cool. I enjoyed it. And it got him on the spot. He was kind of like, uh, 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 well, uh, you know, I love Chavo. He's great. I'm talking That's to good. Tony again this afternoon on the media call. Should I bring you back up there, too? Bring it up. Bring it up. I tell you what, Tony, I get along with Tony. He's, he's a great guy. I, I, you know, I love him. I'm glad that AEW, and back to you guys' question, the, the, the second part of your question, it's really cool to see AEW there that, that's a rival for you know, WWE, it's, um, it's better for the fans, it's better for the wrestlers, it's better for everybody. It's the, the, when you have a compet people competitive, you know, they keep, they keep them going, keep them going and keep them having to strive and outdo themselves. And they say, you know, being comfortable is kind of the worst thing for being creative because it just doesn't work. But once, you know, they, you have to be creative because if not, you're, you know, someone's going to take your spot. That's when you get the best wrestling. And if you remember the Monday Night Wars, I mean, it was wrestling was never better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, my friend. All right. Well, December 22nd, Iron Claw hits theaters nationwide. Go check it out. Chavo, 
Chavo. Thank you very much you for taking the time to chat with us here today. Uh, it's always great. It's always great talking to you, man. Big Nick, Robert, appreciate you guys very much. Always having me on, and uh, you guys always get my back. So appreciate you guys. And uh, now it's off to press for eight twenty four. Enjoy, my friend. Bye, bye, Chavo. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, and there we go. All right, our first, our first guest on the show, Robert. I enjoyed that. I feel yeah, like I, should, I feel like I should have pulled the trigger on talking punk stuff earlier. I always re- it's like if I don't talk about punk, I feel like I missed an opportunity. But then if I talk about punk, everyone goes, "That's all Nick Hausman talks about is punk." But that really opened the door. I felt like for some very good conversation there at the end. Yeah, no, I think it's. I mean, look, there's. I think it's really interesting because. Anytime you have someone that's from the wrestling world going into Hollywood, that methodology, that process, and the and the big talk before this movie's even come out is, have you seen what Zach, Zach Efron looks like? Have you seen the footage in the trailers? Boy, these guys look good. And we saw what Logan Paul has done. We saw even before with Mickey Rourke and the condition that he got in. And mm-hmm. Chavo was hands-on in those situations. His We didn't even get to touch on it, but his work on GLOW. Dude. I mean, you're taking someone like Allison Brie from Community and you've turned her into someone who looked like a formidable wrestler, at least a competent wrestler in the ring. Uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Shavo, very talented man. He's, he's won many awards too. He deserves all of them. Uh, all right, let's dive into the news here. Uh, we have a, we have a, we have about ten minutes left to talk about all that we can that happened news wise. We might not get to Billy in the CW today we at this rate. I'm sorry, Chavo went a little long. We may not get to Billy Corgan in the CW today, but uh, I do want to make sure we get to this uh, one item here: uh, Fightful's report about Seth Rollins' contract. Now, according to Fightful, Seth Rollins' WWE contract expires in June of 2024. Now, according to their report. WWE sources have not denied this fact. Uh, they haven't heard back from Rollins. Um, they do know that um, there haven't been any new conversations about having him sign a new deal. And, um, you know, um, a lot of speculation, I guess. You know, will he, won't he resign? I find it very, 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 very difficult to believe that Seth Rollins would not sign, resign with WWE. But I, I guess anything is possible, Robert. Anything's possible. He's not, he's not going anywhere. This is this. He literally said it on raw about this being his home. I don't think that you storyline or not go that heavy into this is my place that I've built. And I'm not the guy that's going to turn around and leave. And then he goes and jumps ship because some of these guys, they do care about their, their legacy and reputation. Not to mention, I, I don't see him being as happy in AEW as he is in WWE. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. A lot of talent goes over to AEW. You know, they get great money, offered creative freedom, but pretty quickly people just kind of get tossed into the shuffle. I mean, Adam Copeland has only been in AEW for maybe a month and a half, and it feels like a lifetime. I'm not going to lie. It's only been a month and a half? When did he debut? When did Edge Adam Copeland debut? He, at this point, he's Ripple, on like... Ripple Dream, right? At this point, he's on prison time where every day feels like a month. So it could very well be a shorter window of time than it really is. Never mind. It's just been two months. He uh, wrestled dream was October 1st. Okay. And he's already just there as a guy. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it'll be tough. I don't, I don't see Seth going anywhere. I get that contracts have an end date. It's what I do for a living, but they'll, they'll resign him and he'll be fine. And well, he'll be there for a while. It was a week ago. Where I was talking to you about how I felt like 
the Rollins punk feud immediately felt to me like what everybody wanted to see punk and the elite feud in AEW look like. I got hints of it really early on. And last night, man, they ramped that up to the nth. You know, there were side-by-side replays of the Hangman Adam Page, CM Punk Dynamite promo being played up against this Rollins Punk promo. For those that didn't see, last night on the show, Punk chose to sign with Raw, chose to uh, enter the Royal Rumble, teased maybe facing Seth at WrestleMania. But these guys were, you know, it, it very much felt like the kind of Hangman Page, you know, uh, this is my place. You don't belong here. We don't want you here. I'm going to expose you. Called him a fraud. Um, they didn't give Punk a microphone at first. He just had to stand there and let Rollins cut his promo, which I I think was like the page. It was, it was very well done. It was just a little note there, a little, little detail. Um, but I thought this came across really, really well. Definitely made me want to see Punk and Rollins. And yeah, man, they are they are giving us the punk elite feud in WWE. I kind of love it, man. I couldn't be happier to see this because I thought after the Nick Hausman caused brawl that happened in AEW that they were all going to come together and realize we can make a pile of money by telling this story. And they never did it. So now WWE gets to have that bite of the apple, which is Rollins is the guy who said you left 10 years ago. You badmouth us. We don't want you here. And I will do everything I can to embarrass and humiliate you. And if by some miracle you make it to WrestleMania and you win the Royal Rumble, I'm going to destroy you. So now here you are in December and we've probably got our Mania main event locked up. Yeah. And well, here's the thing. The road to WrestleMania really has already begun pre-Rumble here. Uh, on the day one episode of WWE Raw, it was announced that Drew McIntyre is going to be taking on Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. Um, do you find there to be any chance of Drew? I mean, he, Drew's getting a really strong push right now. You know, um, do, does this feel like the time to do a title switch on the road to WrestleMania? Do you, are you so ingrained with Rollins Punk? What, what are you doing here? I don't want to risk Rollins Punk. What you could wind up doing is something where Seth somehow escapes Drew and then Priest cashes in and then you do Seth and Priest at the Rumble for Seth to get the title back. Hmm. But you're then, it's a convoluted story. I'd rather have Seth as the strong champion holding that title, not a belt, until you get to WrestleMania and you get Seth and Punk. The fact that you announce Punk in the Rumble match itself means we're not getting Seth and Punk at Rumble. We'll probably get Drew and Seth as a rematch. At the Royal Rumble, I don't see them giving you a clean finish on the January 1st edition of Raw because while it's great to advertise a strong main event, New Year's Day ratings, people got other stuff going on. There's college football. People are still recovering from the night before. I don't think it's going to do a huge number for them to switch the title. Um, uh, we have here Ken Hanley kind of asking, do we think that Damian Drew Seth are going to hot potato this title, milk the suspense for who faces Punk at WrestleMania? Uh, it doesn't sound like you're on board with that. No, because the story is Seth and Punk. You're not as excited to see Punk and Drew. You're not as excited to see Punk and Priest. The story is Seth has never made a event at WrestleMania. Punk has never made a event at WrestleMania. They both clearly on camera hate each other as characters. So you're going to want to see what's going to happen in that title match. And then it frees Cody up to finish one of these stories. 
Uh, Aaron Manzo here asking, I'd like or saying, I'd like to see Seth use the impending expiration of his contract as part of the story with Punk. Yeah, now here's the real bidding war of 2024 is Seth Rollins, right? He could pick up not just the elite Punk storyline, he can also go steal that thing from Max that has mysteriously been dropped since my reporting went out. So, I, I look, I think it's Seth Rollins embodying AEW here is really, it's quite something. It's breathtaking. I, I'm very much on the hook for it. Um, we don't have time to get into the rest of Raw here tonight or today, uh, but Gunther's going to give Miz an IC title rematch. If Miz loses, he won't be able to face uh, Gunther again for the title as long as he holds it. We're on the road to Becky versus Nia Jax. There was a tense promo between them. Michael Cole confirmed that Sami Zayn has a quote-unquote partially torn meniscus disc after our partially torn meniscus not disc that'd be a broken bone um so that's why he's off tv he'll likely be back by the rumble would be my guess and of course jay uso can say yeet and sell yeet merchandise again oh thank god oh yeet yeet god i was worried oh i didn't want to make him have to keep blurring the footage from that one the one time he wore the yeet shirt but yeah let's drive this into the ground we we touched on this, uh, I believe, yesterday, maybe Friday, I forget, because time is a flat circle. Um, but yesterday, we got a legal document. We got a court document uh, that was put out. It's public. I got to review it. I don't know if you've had a chance, but it's pretty brief. And it just basically says that MLW and WWE are now finalizing the settlement in their antitrust lawsuit. The, the judge is saying they have 30 days to get this thing settled and to file their paperwork to dismiss this case. That means we will unfortunately not get a trial. We will unfortunately not go to discovery, which is my favorite legal thing when people are just forced to give over all of their internal documents. Um, I know you were kind of coy on commenting on this case earlier, Robert, but correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like MLW is uh, going to be getting a windfall of money here. I mean, did this work? Did this pay off? Was this a, a successful gamble on court's part? Don't put me in a position to say positive things about court. I'm going to do I'm it. Just uh, that's right. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's fine. We're, we're whatever. Anyway, look, the entire purpose of this was kind of like when you're a pitcher and you throw a pitch at the guy's chin to get him to step off the plate a little bit. This was MLW trying to say, you guys need to stop in the, in the, the tampering, interfering, whatever it is that you are doing. We're going to file this. It's going to cost you some money. No, we're not going to see this to completion. But now maybe WWE is going to think twice before they potentially take a further action that would be uh, cause injury to another company. That would be my take. And yeah, it, it doesn't hurt that you may walk away with a couple of dollars after. Yeah, no, I think this was a successful gamble on MLW's part. Marty Reading reports from, I think, PW Insider and Fightful saying uh, that Corp plans on doing more short shows next year. Um, I don't think it's any surprise that he's, you know, investing more in someone in a, like a Matt Cardona who does not come cheaply, especially compared to other talents uh, on the market right now that MLW is working with. So hopefully they can take this money, reinvest and do something powerful with it. Um, but but time will tell. Um, it did work out for them, though, in my opinion here, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, Lexus King took to his Twitch. He asked his fans not to call themselves registered Lex offenders. That just seems like a no brainer in 2024, right? I, uh, wow. I want to know who came up with that in the first place because (laughs) they should be working for one of the companies doing branding. That is a special degree of creepy and fantastic. 
Um, and it's a good way to get Velveteen Dream back on TV. Wow. All right. Lastly here, last Friday um, on SmackDown, Bobby Lashley, the Street Profits, were posing at the top of the entrance ramp. Lashley just advanced in the U.S. title tournament. And the Fox, WWE on Fox account, put out a tweet that just said, Dim Boys, all caps, Mark Briscoe, whose brother passed away in January, so we're reaching the one-year anniversary of this, grieving, sees this particular tweet, doesn't like it, lets people know that. Maria Kanellis, who was close at the Briscoes, also saw it, let people know she didn't like it. They both got berated by a bunch of psychos on Twitter. Maria wound up like deactivating her account for a little while. She's back on here now. But how, man, Robert, how did WWE on Fox think that, like, how out of the wrestling loop are you to do something like that? That just seems stupid to me. I, look, the, the WWE and Fox Twitter account, generally, really on the nose, really good. They, they have a lot of fun with the content. My guess is it was muscle memory where they knew this phrase and they didn't know where they knew it and they just put it out there. I don't think they were doing this intentionally to slight the Briscoes. It's embarrassing. I understand why why Mark's going to be upset about it. You should be upset about it. It's trampling on intellectual property. Not a great thing to do, Yeet. And Yeet. I think that going forward, they'll be a little bit more sensitive about what they wind up putting out there. They're not going to be as, as willy-nilly, not to use such strong language. Um, Texas Leprechaun here saying, Dim Boys has been around and used outside of wrestling. My Dallas Cowboys are Dim Boys, but in the wrestling world, it's only for the Briscoes. And I think that's, I think that's pretty common knowledge that that when you're using that term in pro wrestling, especially the same year that that Jay Briscoe passed, you should know better. And to that, Johnny Disco says, "Yeet, yeet, yeet, indeed." That'll bring us to the end of the show, everybody. Sorry, Billy Corgan and the NWA didn't have time to chat about that CW story, but come back. You never know. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow. It's Wednesday. Um, if you like the show, you can leave a comment or a rating. All of that stuff on our iTunes charts. Very, very appreciated. You guys have been wonderful with the comments. We'll read some more here when we get to Fun Friday on Friday. And tomorrow on our show, we have another special guest that's going to be joining us for a couple minutes. Fight TV president Michael Weber is going to be here. They're rebranding to Triller TV. Uh, they've expanded their relationship with several combat sports entities. Of course, they're very tight, closely tied to uh, GCW and many other uh, big uh, pro wrestling companies. So we're going to get some inside business to the business talk going with Michael tomorrow. Come back for that. Uh, I'm at Nick underscore Houseman. Houseofwrestling.com is where you can go to support me and check out all the news that I'm writing about. Robert, that's you it. Follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And just a reminder, since tomorrow is Wednesday, hashtag RIPod. We are scouring the Chicagoland area to find this Woo Energy drink. And yeah. my guess is if you are the flagship energy drink of a major wrestling promotion, you have to be really easy uh, to be found and located. So I'm sure Nick will find a can. And if we get some of that, uh, that, that positive hashtag RIPod love, Nick Houseman will guzzle that thing tomorrow after we talk to the president of fight. So on behalf of the days are numbered, Nick Houseman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> I found it. Yes. <laughs>